0: Friends, I'm so excited to be back for season 10, and we are kicking this season off with such a good episode. Today, we're talking about what to do with all of our feelings. I love this episode because if you're anything like me, you experience a whole host of emotions in any given moment, and you're not always sure what to do with them. Well, our guest for today is here to help us out. Our guest today is Elizabeth Lane Thompson. Elizabeth is the author of a new book called All the Feels, Discover Why Emotions Are Mostly Awesome and How to Untangle Them When They're Not. She's gonna walk us through how we can understand our emotions, embrace our emotions, filter our emotions, control some of our emotions, and grow from all of them, the good, the bad, and all the ones in between. One of my favorite things about this episode is that Elizabeth helps us figure out what kind of feeler we are. Big feeler, steady feeler, or reluctant feeler. And even just identifying that in myself has been so helpful. I know it will be for you too. I love this episode, but before we dive in, I have some exciting news to share with you guys. Registration for my online course, Love Your Single Life, officially opens again next Monday. Teaching this course is one of my favorite parts of my job and it's because God has been doing the most incredible things in women's lives through it. I got an email a while back from an amazing woman named Amanda and this is what she had to say about the course. She said, This course is the best thing that has ever happened to me. It's the reason I picked up and moved to a new city. The reason my relationship with the Lord is what it is today. I promise you it is worth every single penny. Be prepared to have your world rocked. Oh my gosh, you guys, I love that. I love that. Oh my gosh, I could not get over her words when I got that email. Now, if this is the first time that you're hearing about the course, let me catch you up. Love Your Single Life is the only digital course and study for Christian women that teaches a step-by-step system to savor, enjoy, and truly make the most of your single life, all while setting yourself up for amazing relationships and marriage in the future. Here are just a few of the things we talk about in this four-week course. We talk about how to start really enjoying your single life and making the most of every moment. We talk about a powerful tool for building confidence, which also happens to be your dating secret sauce. I'll teach you how to find good quality men to date, even when it feels like you've run out of options. We'll talk about how to invest in your friendships, your relationship with God, your calling and your passions and in yourself. We'll talk about what to do with your sex drive while you're single, because it doesn't wait to show up until we're married, right? We'll talk about how to stay close to your girlfriends, even when you're in different stages of life and so much more. Again, registration opens up first thing in the morning on Monday, September 14th and closes on Friday, September 18th at 1159 PM PST. You can find out all about the course at loveyoursinglelife.com and that link will also be in our show notes. One other the thing I wanted to say is that I know that some of you guys may be listening to this after September and that is totally fine. Head to the website anyway, put your name on the waiting list, and you'll be the very first to know next time the course opens back up. I cannot wait to share this with you. Okay, now without any further ado, let's jump into my conversation with Elizabeth. All right, friends, I'm so excited for who I get to introduce you to today. I'm sitting here with my friend Elizabeth Lang Thompson, and I have been looking forward to talking about this topic for the longest time. So, Elizabeth, thank you so much for being here.
1: Oh, thank you for having me. I'm so thrilled to get the chance to hang out with you today. Yes, girls night. Love it. Um, I mean, it's like currently the middle of the day, but... We don't Well, I am
0: cozy here. in my bed, like, you know. Like <laughs> and, and I'm computer, wearing sweatpants. I wanted to really feel the vibe
1: of Girls yes. Night. Okay. So. <laughs> yes.
0: Yeah. You're in bed. I'm wearing sweatpants and my girls' night sweatshirt as usual. And so um, we're very cozy. I love it. Well, so uh-huh. for women who haven't gotten to meet you yet, can you tell us who you are, what you do, and a fun fact about yourself?
1: Yes. Uh, well, I am a wife and mom of four, and you know that sentence alone like being able to say that sentence is such a thrill for me because there were many years when i thought i would not be either one <laughs> i thought i will never get married and i don't think i'm ever going to get to be a mom and so i just being able to say that is such a joy and a privilege and um my family brings me Tons of joy. They make me sometimes want to pull out my hair, but I'm very grateful that I get the feeling of wanting to pull out my hair, you know, (laughs) you've prayed for something for that long. Um, And yeah, now I write books for uh, women, uh, faith-based books, trying to really meet them in the messy places of faith and feelings. And I also write um, novels for for teen girls. So that's my job. Um, Fun fact about me. is (laughs) is <laughs> it wasn't fun at the time, but that I fell in love with my husband several years before he had any interest in being more than friends, you know? So it it was just this long saga of, you know, being friends with vibes. And uh, it took a trip to Paris, a church conference trip to Paris, and me going out on a date with another boy and Kevin, that's my husband witnessing me take a bite out of a candy apple offered to me by another boy to, you know, have God give him the heavenly memo that I was in fact, the woman of his dreams. So fun fact about me, unrequited love, very much a part of my, my past. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I feel like everyone
0: sitting here is going, amen. I've been there. Uh, I've been there. My story did not turn out the same way, (laughs) uh, but it turned out better. It turned out better. Um, But I love that. I love that. And Paris, my gosh, what a great place to fall in love.
1: Yeah. It was pretty, pretty epic that, that little moment. (laughs) That's
0: awesome. That's awesome. Well, thank God for candy apples and that's right. The messages God gives us through them. (laughs) That's right. Exactly. In Paris, of course. Um, Also, Elizabeth, you wrote a book that came out recently, right? Yes. Yes. Um,
1: September
0: 2020. Oh my gosh. Okay. And so it's called, uh, all the feels, um, discover why emotions are mostly awesome and how to untangle them when they're not. And I feel like, like you captured our hearts immediately with this title because <laughs> like, yes, to all of that. So I have a million questions for you today and I'm dying to dive in. Can we just go ahead and dive in? Is that cool? with Absolutely. you? Absolutely. Okay. I'm ready to talk feelings. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, well, it's funny that we're talking about this today. I feel like I'm having just like a randomly feely day, like just a, a little extra feely. I don't mm-hmm. know why, but I just kind of am. So I'm, I'm like very much in the mood to talk about this. And, and so if anyone else <laughs> is like, like, welcome
1: today. to my world today. All today. the feelings all day long.
0: <laughs> yes. Right before lunch, my husband looked at me and he was like you just having kind of a feely day? I'm like, yeah, I mean, yeah, a feely day. I really I am. am. <laughs> um, so, okay. Can you tell us what inspired you to write this book? Like why, why was this important? Why was this message important for you to share?
1: You know, they always tell writers to write what you know. And so I, as I was sort of pondering a couple years ago, like, okay, what's something spiritually speaking that, I know a lot about, like, in the sense that I've lived it a lot. And I just was like, well, I know a lot about life with big feelings. And the more I thought about it, I was like, you know, I think this is a big struggle for a lot of women. We love our feelings. Like, you know, they're like our most intimate companion. And they, sometimes they make us really, really happy and they bring us joy and they give us, you know, all the, all the fun things. But then sometimes, kind of like you were saying, we just have these days where we're like, what is going on with me? Like I am feeling all the feels and they're not all happy and I feel guilty or I feel angry and anxious and you name it, I feel it. And I don't know what to do with these things. And I don't know where specifically where they fit into my faith and my walk with God. And so I think really this book came out of, a lifetime of wrestling with my own feelings and trying to figure out, okay, how do I live a joyful, healthy life for God? You know, and 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 where do my feelings fit into that? Like, what would God have me do with all this stuff flying around inside of me? And so I've learned a lot there. I've got scriptures that have really counseled me and become my BFFs over the years (laughs) to keep me where I need to be spiritually. And, and just some really practical strategies of things that have, um, helped me kind of sort through when my emotions do get tangled. So I really wanted to be able to share that with other people and hope it gives them some, some help and really practical tools and, and just empower them in dealing with their, their emotions as well.
0: I love this. And I'm very grateful for this. When you said, you know, we love our feelings. I was thinking like some of us do sometimes, (laughs) you know, like when I think about my different girlfriends, you know, some of them are like, my feelings need to be controlled. Like I control Mm. my feelings. I don't, I don't like feeling big feelings. So I do what I can to like, not like i just have friends who kind of pride themselves on not being big feelers um i think for me yeah. i'm a selective lover of my feelings it, for the longest time i mean and this sounds obvious but it's something i really wrestled with i i loved all of my happy feelings like i i feel like i can experience life in like technicolor like i just mm. i i just i i'm a lover of life i'm a lover of joy but like, it felt for the longest time like I had sort of like a flip side to that. And I never knew what to do with that. Like, what do I do with my sad feelings? I hate feeling sad. What do I do with my scared feelings? I hate feeling that. And so it's been this whole process over the last like probably 10 years or so of, of realizing that like my, my quote unquote bad feelings aren't a deal breaker in any way or aren't like, my bad side. Um, Mm -mm. but they're actually, you know, there's some real purpose to them. But then also I, I mentioned this in another podcast episode recently. Um, but I remember I I was sitting with my girlfriend Carly and she told me one day, Stephanie, you know, your feelings aren't always true. Mm. And I was like, come again. Like, I think I was (laughs) laying down and I like sat up and was like, can you say that again? (laughs) Because I always (laughs) felt like my feelings, like I kind of followed them like they were a compass. And And she was pointing out that while sometimes our feelings point us to truth or they, they alert us to the fact that something is happening in us, they're not always like when you feel unloved, that doesn't, that's actually not true. Like you can feel unloved without being unloved. And I just didn't Mm. realize it until that moment. So with all of that, I know that you describe three different kinds of feelers. um, And I would love to hear like, kind of a little bit about each of them and their strengths and weaknesses.
1: Yeah. Uh, well, so I would consider myself a big feeler, just somebody who, and it's funny that you use the word technicolor. That's exactly how I used to describe life as a big feeler is you, you feel in technicolor. Like you don't just feel a little bit. It's like there's fireworks and a parade. It's a big, Deal. You know, if you're happy, you are singing in the rain, um, dancing around a lamppost. If you are sad, you are, you know, the world will never be the same and you will never be okay. It's everything is big. It's go big or go home. And um, I think for a big feeler though, the thing, the message that I hope big feelers really get from this book and, and just from what I've learned in my life is it is not you're not too much. Like it's not a weakness to be a big feeler. In fact, being a big feeler, you reflect beautiful parts of the heart of God. God himself is an intensely passionate being. I mean, we see his, his love, his anger, his grief all throughout the Bible. And so when we have big feelings, we're like, we can be like him. I mean, we don't always do it righteously, but we can be like God. And so God loves that he gave us these big feelings. Um, As a big feeler, chances are you have a lot of intuition. You read other people really well. You instinctively know what other people are going through, what they need. You may be a great listener, a great comforter, a counselor, I mean, big feelers are very emotionally intelligent and have so much to offer, just friends and coworkers and family. Now, the steady feeler, and I'm curious if this this may be you, Stephanie, I don't know, but steady feelers are really unique among the feelers in that they feel deeply and they have those technicolor feeling moments, but most of the time they're sort of steady as she goes. Like they can choose how they're doing, which is a skill that big feelers sometimes struggle. We sort of tend to be led by our feelings where the the steady feeler is like, I can choose, I'm going to focus on the happy ones and I'm going to compartmentalize. And when when I have time to deal with this anger, when I have time to deal with this grief, then I'm going to give it the attention that it needs. So I think for the steady feeler, um, they're very emotionally intelligent. They're They are also just empathetic listeners, great friends, but they also have the ability to maintain forward motion and to like make decisions, keep moving, think clearly. They're less likely than the big feeler to get just knocked on their backside. Now, sometimes they do though. And that's where the big, the steady feeler can be like, what's happening? (laughs) I don't usually feel this way. (laughs) Why am I not okay today? So, um, so even the steady feeler has to kind of get some tools in their tool belt for those big feeling moments. And then the reluctant feeler, I love me some reluctant feelers because they have probably been twitching during this whole conversation. They're like, they're like, can we please talk about the facts and logic and the important things? What is all this feelings mess? Feelings just get in the way, <laughs> you know? yes. but their strengths are there. They are. They're very fair-minded. They're clear-minded. They um, they're able to sort through and find what's true. They're not going to be easily swayed by what people think and what the crowd says and trying to make everybody happy. They're going to be really able to step back and say, "What does God say is right? What do we need to do? Let's come up with a plan." These are the people that you want to run to when your life is falling apart and you need somebody trustworthy and stable. And honest and strong, the reluctant feeler is your girl or your guy in that moment. Um, but reluctant feelers too, every once in a while, they get sideswiped by those big feelings. And again, that's where they need just some tools to say, okay, what do I do? I don't even, I don't even like having feelings, and now I'm having a million of them. What in the world do I do?
0: <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay, now I I'm like what am I? I don't know. I think I probably <laughs> used to be a big feeler. I think probably now, I think you're right. I'm probably a little bit more steady. Although I'm wondering like I'm like picturing my husband being in the room and I'm like looking at his face like do you think that's right? I don't know. <laughs> but no, I th- I think you're right. Um I, I have
1: a test you can take. <gasps> you yes! can take a diagnostic test. It's really fun. <laughs> oh my gosh.
0: Okay, we're going to link to that in the show notes. That sounds
1: awesome. I want to know what I am.
0: And I want to know what he is too. I feel like he's he's much more like facts-driven and and like level-headed and yeah, isn't isn't as likely to be swayed by what people think. But like he can, you know, end up in a bad mood kind of randomly, or I mean, just like anybody else. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, Oh, I don't know. We need to take it together.
1: (laughs) Um, It's really fun. And usually you don't marry someone who's the same as you. Like I would say my husband is definitely a classic steady feeler. Like he has this super deep intuitive side, but most of the time He's good, you know. But yeah. then every once in a while, it's like, whoa, what's going on there? Yeah, Deep man, you, you, you know? have some, you have some feelings We're going on. Some feelings.
0: <laughs> yes, yes. Um, well, so you know, we, we talked about some of the strengths of each of these, but what are some of the like the uh, like tricky spots that we run into as big feelers or steady feelers or reluctant feelers? Like, what are some of
1: the, I guess, growth points for us? Sure. Well, I like that word growth points. That's a great way to put it. So, um, you know, I think the big feelers tend to be insecure and doubt themselves. I think because they sometimes feel too led by their feelings, they, they end up just feeling like I'm too much. I overwhelm people. I don't always know what to do with myself. And, and they can really struggle to just, to untangle. They can get real tangled up inside, real, real knotted up. And I don't know which end is up and I'm, I'm, I'm overwhelmed. And so I think for the big feelers, it's number one, knowing that God made you the way you are. And it is a beautiful thing. (laughs) Who you are is beautiful. You're not an accident. You're not too much to God. Psalm 139, he made your inmost being, and he's delighted with who you are. So being confident in that but then also just learning how to sort through learning, like you said, okay, what are the facts versus my feelings? And are my feelings in line with the facts? Because they're not, I mean, our feelings don't always tell us the truth. And, and that's actually incredibly liberating when you embrace it, you know, just to be like, Oh, like I feel sad, but now that I sort through and think through what's going on in my life, there's not actually anything to be all that upset about i'm just this is just a feeling and and i don't have to be defined by that today so learning sort of how to step back from your feelings sort through them i think is a huge skill that big feelers need to develop as for steady feelers you know for them it's kind of learning learning which side of themselves to listen to at any given point. (laughs) Mm. The steady feeler can get kind of confused, like, okay, well, today I am feeling more, should I be listening to my feelings or do I need to listen to the steady part of me that just says, no, let's keep trucking forward. Let's keep moving. Let's make decisions. Let's not get sidetracked. They kind of need help to figure out which voice to listen to. And two, They need to also prepare themselves for those times when the big feelings come calling. Like, what do I do? How do I sift through them? Uh, I think for the reluctant feeler, it's it's not being afraid of your feelings, not looking askance at them. Like, (laughs) I can never trust a feeling. Like, Mm -hmm. it's always going to lead me wrong. You know, feelings, God did give us feelings for a purpose. He gave us grief. Because otherwise we can't heal when hard things happen. And there are seasons when it's appropriate to mourn. It's appropriate to be sad. It's not wrong or sinful to be down or depressed. Um, They, you know, there are times when reluctant feelers will sort of stuff their feelings so hard and so long And then it'll get to this breaking point where it'll just leak out or worse, explode out all over the place. And I think we've all, you know, if you're a reluctant feeler, maybe you've had that experience, or if you've known a reluctant feeler, perhaps you've been in the blast zone Mm -hmm. when that's happened. So for reluctant feelers, it's learning to be more comfortable with your emotional side and to address feelings as they come along rather than stuffing them and to, making space for other people's emotions, realizing, okay, maybe I don't need to be all feely about this right now, but my friend probably does. And let's make time and space for that for her or him. Oh, okay.
0: I love this.
1: I also am
0: pretty certain I'm a steady feeler at this point. Really, Yes. I can totally relate to that. Like there are times when it, you know, it's easier sometimes for me to like, keep going, you know, let me just like you know, plug, plug forward or chug forward and, and not like, I have to remind myself it's okay to, to be sad. And it's like, I I feel like I have to remind myself to slow down and, and give myself grace for what I'm feeling more often than I have to propel myself to keep going like through it. If that Mm -hmm. makes sense. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I'm like, so curious. I want everyone to tell us after you listen to this episode, come tell us which one you are because Yeah, I'm just really excited to hear from everybody. (laughs)
1: It's so fun to find out. I did the test with I worked with this little group of youth, a little youth group girls, girls, and last night, and it was so fun. And they were all like geeking out. They're like, "I'm a steady feeler. I'm in this. I'm love." It was so fun, and we made up some new categories. We were like, "This person is a reluctant, is a big feeler in disguise as a reluctant feeler." (laughs) We we had so much fun with it. (laughs) That's so fun, and I, I, you
0: know, I really appreciate. Even talking about this, and like the just the way that you explained these these different categories because I think that it's really easy to be like almost ashamed of our feelings, like it seems like having feelings i and I don't know if anyone else has ever sort of gotten this message, and i don't I don't know where I got it, but just that like having feelings is is like embarrassing or 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 yeah makes you too much, and so to like classify yourself. Like it's, I don't know. I just feel like giving it different names and and having each category be good in its own way, like just gives us the freedom to sort of self-identify and and grow instead of being like, like feeling like we have to be one way or another.
1: Right. And I think it's so when you realize like God made each of us, he designed us emotionally in different ways so that we could all bring different gifts to the table. We could all compliment one, one another. Like it's beautiful when we're all doing what we were meant to do and feeling the way we were meant to feel like we, we help each other, you know, the reluctant feelers bring things into my life that I desperately need. And I bring things into their life that they desperately need. Uh, the steady feelers, same thing. I think the steady feelers are such a great bridge between the two, you know, more, extreme ends (laughs) of feeling and they can help us understand each other. I mean, you just see God's wisdom at work when we all embrace the kind of feeler he made us to be.
0: Yep. I can totally see that. Well, so speaking of God, I think that sometimes we, we lean really heavily on our emotions when it comes to our faith. So it's like, I don't feel close to God. So like, he's gone. Like, where is he? I don't feel close to him. Well, it's like, well, God is around whether or not we feel like He's close or not, and so it, that's an important thing to remember. Like we can't really totally rely on our feelings because when we feel like God's far away, like He's not actually far away. And we need to remember that. So there's kind of this one side that like relies really heavily on how how close we feel God is, but then there's the other side again that says like you need to not rely on your emotions at all. You need to just like stand on truth like how how do we where's sort of the middle ground there
1: like how 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 do our feelings play into our faith mm. you know it's it's such an important thing to figure out and it's hard i mean you know and, and it kind of i think we come at it in different ways cuz some of us come from religious backgrounds where it's like lots of emotion and you know Your feelings are the way God speaks to your heart, and and so you're very comfortable with feelings. And then other people may come from a faith background where it's like, you know, when you go to church or you're with God, you just need to act right. Like, you need to clean up, you need to put your feelings aside, and you need to just do and say the right thing. And there's really no space for feeling. You just yes. do what God says. and But neither of those extremes are where God wants us to be. I mean, uh, one of the big things that I try to do in, in all the fields is to give people a lot of scriptures to hang their faith on and to just find, okay, but what does God really say? and And figure out, okay, well, where do my feelings line up with what God says and where do they not? I mean, you used the example, sometimes I feel like God is far away. And I know like my husband and I went through several years of infertility and it was such a faith crisis for me when I just wondered like all these things that I always thought were true about God, delight yourself in the law of the Lord. He will give you the desires of your heart. Well, I'm delighting in God (laughs) and he is not giving me this one thing, this one thing that I want more than anything. And so I really felt like God was far away and I felt like he wasn't listening. And I felt like he didn't care about what I was going through. And I. it was this season where I had to really search the scriptures and try to figure out, okay, so what does God say? What does He promise? How, what does God do when we're hurting? What does the Bible say? And, and I found scripture after scripture that really prove that god loves us as individuals that he leans in close during times of heartache and pain that doesn't mean he's always going to just say yes to your every prayer immediately it doesn't mean he's going to you know make your life all daisies and roses and you know happiness but he is leaning in close and he is a shoulder that you can you can lean on and that you can rely on but lining up how i felt with what god's word said it was a, it was a process and it was a challenge and so i think for for a lot of people i've tried to kind of give them a leg up like say you don't know the bible very well you're you're just kind of learning your way around it just some scriptures that you can look at and say, okay, what does the Bible teach and how does that match up with what I'm feeling? How does God feel about me? How does God how does God want me to live my life? I know what I feel like deciding with my life, but what does God want me to decide with my life? That kind of thing. I think that's where scripture is a great place where our faith and feelings can intersect.
0: I love that. And I feel like you just like read my journal from the last two years. Like truly. Oh wow. <laughs> truly. Because I mean, we've been we're just, just barely on the other side of a really long fertility journey. And oh. and I same thing. Like just had to like it felt like God was ignoring my prayers. It felt like God kind of led me down this path of, you know, getting my heart ready to be a mom and excited about it. And which wasn't an instant thing for me. And then Mm. all of a sudden I'm like, okay, great. We're trying and like nothing. And, Mm -hmm. and the whole time, I mean, I had no idea what he was saying and I had no idea what he was up to. I just didn't feel like he said a whole lot of anything for a really long time. And, and it really, I really had to, I, I feel like I do this in every hard, like painful season, I have to like go back to my Bible. And it always is really kind of dramatic. Like I have to sit there and go, I don't know anything right now. I don't know anything anymore. Like I want to (laughs) forget everything that I've ever learned. And I want to go back to the beginning. God, who are you? And who do you say I am? And like, what do you promise? Because my feelings are all over the place. And so yeah, having that like, almost like magnet to like pull it back in line of okay, I know it feels like I'm far away right now, but I promise you never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. And so it's mm-hmm. like, okay, like, I feel like you've forsaken me here, but you promise you won't. And so I'm going to lean on that. Mm-hmm. Um, I I love hearing wow. that that's been a real process for, for you too, because it's yeah. helped me a lot.
1: Oh, I completely relate. It's And it's gut-wrenching. I mean, it's like, it's gut-wrenching, it's lonely and no one can figure out those hard faith questions for you it like you said it's like you and god have to go and like duke it out and be like okay let's start over from the beginning who are you and yes why are we here and what's going on yeah yeah let me tell you how what i think about this and then i need you to tell me what you think
0: about this we're gonna be real honest let me give you my take yes yes (laughs) Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. Friends, springtime is finally here, but that also means allergy season is in full swing. I have always struggled with allergies and I don't know about you, but I am especially allergic to cats. More on that in a second. Well, luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash friendship. Well, okay, so what have you found when it comes to expressing our feelings to God, like, honestly? Like, you know, I think that there are a lot of us that feel, you know, depending on kind of how you grew up, I, loved, I love how you explained that, that it's like you don't get to talk to God about things like you you don't get to open up to Him like that. Like He's this is the God of the universe here. Like get mm. yourself in check before you come to Him. What have you found about like truly expressing the depths of your emotions to God and like how He feels about that?
1: You know, I, I do think if you've never been exposed to like real emotional raw prayer before, it can feel so like disrespectful, you know, like if, if, if what you're used to is like real, you know, formal, beautiful prayers that sound very holy and, Mm -hmm. and Shakespearean almost. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Use like King James English and like words you'd never use in real life.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Um, you can really like, if you have a faith crisis in your life, you can feel like, well, I'm not allowed to tell God what I really think. Like he's going to zap me with a bolt of lightning or something. Yeah. But if you take a good look at the prayers in the Psalms, <laughs> they yeah. run the gamut of every dramatic and even not so righteous emotion that you and I could ever possibly experience. I mean, you find everything from just ecstatic joy and gratitude to mourning and grief to bewilderment like why are you not answering me god why do you stand far off how long will i have to wait i mean they're blunt with god you find bitterness and anger not that those are righteous things that like we should you know try to emulate in our lives but the fact that God puts that in the scripture, it shows us that He He can take it. Like, mm. He welcomes our real feelings, and He's not going anywhere. When we come to Him and we say, I, I'm feeling this, and it's huge, and it's not really pretty— I don't think it's righteous, but I need to tell you what's in my heart. God's like, I'm not going anywhere. I've heard it before. I can take it. And I want to be here with you and help you work through it. We are absolutely welcome to take our, our honest emotions to God. Um, certainly, we try to keep a a level of respect there and and, you know, Like, God, I don't understand. Why are you far off? I recognize that you are the creator of the universe and you have reasons (laughs) that I don't understand, but still I'm bewildered and still I'm upset and I don't understand. God welcomes that. It's not going to scare him away.
0: I love that. I love that. And I'm so glad you mentioned the Psalms because I feel like in the last couple of years, I've spent a lot of time in the Psalms because David, the author of most of the Psalms, not all of them, right? Most of them. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, Many of them. Yes. He like talk about big feelers, like in Mm -hmm. one Psalm, it's so crazy. It's like, you have one verse where he's like, Lord, you are almighty. You are great. You are powerful. Like I trust you. And the next one, he's like, why have you forsaken me and fed me to dogs? (laughs) (laughs) Like, I mean, he just (laughs) like is not small about his feelings. And so I found so much comfort in that though, just that like the feelings I'm feeling, you know, from A to Z have like, yeah, aren't surprising to him and and they're not going to scare him off, which is just the best thing to hear. Um, yeah. the other thing I was thinking though, as you were talking was like, I think that, and, and maybe this is, this is just kind of my personality when it comes to my relationship with the Lord. I feel like I err a little, maybe even, maybe even a little too much on the side of like familiarity and, openness like I have to I have to remind myself to be like hey bring it back like remember who you're talking to here <laughs> more than I have to say hey don't forget you can open up but I think that like when we're honest with him with our unrighteous feelings with our things that are just like not true or messy or are just anger or whatever it's kind of like with a friend like if you have an issue with a friend and you don't bring it up forever it's gonna destroy your friendship like yes. you you at some point the the damage of the, the resentment and the anger and the unspoken feelings, like they, things like that grow in the dark. And so the mm. longer we keep them hidden, the worse it gets. And then at some point, I think it's irreparable. Like it's, it's just, that's when a friend tells you, I've been mad at you for a decade. And you're like, mm. are you kidding? Like, why didn't you say something earlier? We could have fixed this. And now I don't even know, like the last decade has been a lie. I don't know how to fix this. Mm. And I always think about that with God that just like if I had kept my feelings stuffed in my heart about how I was feeling these last couple of years, like it could have done some real damage to our relationship. It could have, I mean, the more, the quieter I was, I feel like the more distant, the more distance would have grown between us and the more that would have had to heal in the wake of it all, you know?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So
0: we, we've been talking about like big feelings and, and reluctant feelings and days when feelings just kind of knock us over. Is it possible to take charge of our feelings? Like, do we have a say in the way that we feel?
1: (laughs) Some days it feels like we don't. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) It really feels that way. You know, we really do. And that's something like, I don't say that lightly because I think it's a hard thing to learn how to do, but it's, for me, it's been like, a mission of my whole life like how can i not only be led by my feelings like how can i not be swept you know into caught up in every like flood of emotion that comes my way i think the bible gives us some really practical direction what i love about scripture is god doesn't say things like you know just get happy get over it you know <laughs> like it addresses more of like our thoughts, how we think, and I think that gives us a really good clue to taking charge of our m- emotions that a lot of what we're th- we're feeling it starts with what we've been thinking about. And um, I have to give a shout out to this great book called Feeling Good by Dr. David Burns. It's really helped me a lot. Um, he talks a lot about just... Uh, untangling your thoughts and deciphering them, reframing them, because your feelings stem from what you've been thinking about. I mean, you know, if you take a simple example, like say you get into an argument with your husband and you just stew over it all day, how are you going to be feeling? You're going to be feeling mad, resentful, you know, maybe sorry for yourself, maybe like any other wrong thing that he's done in the last month is going to feel magnified like <laughs> you know but then if you change the the thought first of all get some resolution but also just well let me remember his side of things or let me remember the good things not just focus on this one thing you're going to feel differently about your marriage and your relationship it's the same in any other area of our life like what we think about feeds really directly into our feelings. So I try to give a lot of strategies, very practical strategies in the book for ways that you can take a feeling that feels like a big, you know, giant rubber band ball all blended together. And how can you separate the rubber bands into individual things that can be dealt with one by one? (laughs) Little strategies like that, simple, simple strategies, writing down your thoughts, sorting through them can really make a big difference in how you feel. Can
0: you give us like, like one or two more, just maybe your favorite one, like a practical, we feel this like snowball, like growing and growing and growing. And we're like, oh my gosh, like I have some big feelings right now. And I don't know if they're true. I don't know what to do with them. Like I might blow up on somebody, like how how do you, what's one of your favorite tricks to like slowing that down and
1: not letting that feeling like do damage? If that makes sense. Yes. Turn into an avalanche. So I am a very big fan of sorting my feelings out with a pen and paper. Like, um, you know, a lot of times when I'm having like a really big feeling day, it's like, I will feel like everything in my life is wrong nothing will ever be okay again. Like everything feels extremely magnified. And so what helps me is to sit down with a pen and paper and just write down what am I upset about and start listing the things. And a lot of times for me, what happens is I will feel like I'm upset about 18 different things. But what I find when I start actually forcing feelings into the confines of words i'll realize oh i'm actually worried about one thing 18 different ways like mm, this is really just i had an argument with someone and it's clouding the way i feel about everything else that's really the thing i need to resolve and suddenly it's like oh i my whole life is not falling apart i have one conversation that i need to have so even just putting it on paper i think helps those the feelings to not be so slippery and so like hard to pin down it forces you to pin them down um the other thing that i like to try to do is is then take it to god and be like okay god and just spell it out super clearly like this is what i'm feeling this is the part that i can do something about and this is the part that i need your help with because it's out of my hands mm-hmm. and you it's amazing how reminding ourselves that even the things that we ourselves can't directly fix or can't control, we are friends with and daughters of the one who can. And so just mm. even having that conversation, not knowing how God's going to resolve it, but knowing that His eye is on it and his, his heart is invested in it, it's amazing how far it goes to just giving you a sense of peace and patience while you wait for resolution. Even just hearing you say that, like, I feel like I just was wrapped in
0: like a hug of peace just knowing like (laughs) God's eyes on it. Like you can't fix this, but your dad can, your friend can, like you, Mm. you have the ear of, of the best person for the job. And that's just really, really comforting. So that's super helpful. Well, okay. So one of the things I, this is switching gears a little bit, but I really want to ask you about it. One of the things that you talk about is how to build a happy house, like a Mm -hmm. home with a positive and open atmosphere where people can express their feelings in healthy ways. How do we create that
1: kind of environment in our home? Mm. Okay. So I have to tell you the backstory behind the phrase, the happy house is that (laughs) it's just this funny story that when I was a newlywed, my husband and I were driving home and we pulled into our driveway. We lived in this little craftsman rental house in downtown Atlanta. And um, we pulled in the driveway and I was crying about something. I don't even know. It was probably like combination of feeling guilty and work stress and stress about money. Who knows? I don't even know. But Kevin was so funny, classic steady feeler, Response: It was very cute. He goes, do you see that house? And he points at our house while we're sitting in the car. He's like, that's the happy house. <laughs> and only happy people get to come inside. <laughs> so he's like, so I hope I'm going to go into the happy house because our life is great. And I love you. And we are happy together. I'm going to go in there and be happy. I hope that you will sort of take a minute to pray and sort through this and then come in there and be happy with me. <laughs> and so he totally went inside and I sort of you know (gasps) sat in the car and like pouted for a little while but I also like he said it in a very endearing way it wasn't like judgy you know of course and I sat and I prayed and I tried to kind of work myself through but it was the first time that he helped me realize you know you actually can put some boundaries on your emotions and like you can choose the emotions that you bring into the home. And you can choose to leave some out that if you're finished with that feeling of guilt or that feeling of stress, you can leave it outside the door and choose to focus on the things you're grateful for, focus on joy, focus on selflessness. So that was just a big epiphany for me early in our marriage. But, but some of the things that I really talk about with creating a happy house, I think All of us, no matter what kind of feeler you are, you have to learn to share emotional space at home. You know, um, and that obviously this may be more of a challenge for the bigger feelers among us to because we can get so swept up in what we're feeling that it like dominates everything, Mm -hmm. all of our interactions. We can kind of walk around in a funk or with a cloud. And 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 I've had to learn, you know, I can't get so swept away in what I'm feeling that I forget to say, Hey, what are you going through, Kevin? And, and now that I'm a mom, like there are four other people with feelings in this house and they all need space for their feelings. So I've really had to cultivate just self-awareness. Like what are my triggers? When am I drawing into myself? And then just a sense of self-control, like, okay, I do need to deal with this feeling, but I also need to be loving to my family right now. I can't just go there to that deep, dark place just because I feel like it. You know, I, I need to keep giving and I need to make room for others. So those are tricky things. They're not easily, That's not something that you master in a day or a year, you know, <laughs> but it's something that I think we can continue to grow in with God's help to, to create a positive, wholesome, selfless atmosphere in our homes. I really, I love that. And
0: that's like the cutest story about you and your husband. Um, <laughs> yeah. I feel like that's something that, that Carl would do. Like he's super, <laughs> super patient with my feelings. And then sometimes he knows it. I don't know how he knows, but like he knows the moment when he's like, okay, like we're gonna, it's time to step out of this. Or like, <laughs> like he knows when to take it seriously and really sit with me in it. And then he knows when I need someone to just be like, Okay, like we're gonna wrap it up here because it's just not like he knows when it's productive and when it's not, I guess. Yes. But I love that you sat in the car for a minute and I feel like there's something to that. Like that's something I've kind of been learning in the last couple of years is the power of taking myself to the bathroom and like having a conversation with myself. (laughs) Like if there are times when, you know, you're, you're with friends or you're on a date or you're at work or something and like something gets to you and you're, and it's almost like you have this tipping point of, is this going to take down the rest of my day? Or am I going to like, kind of wipe my face and get back out there? And, and am I going to like, get over, like, get over this for the minute, you know, Am I going to move forward? Yeah. yeah. And I feel like that moment always happens to me in the bathroom. Like, okay, <laughs> I, I need to go have a conversation with myself. And it's just like, hey, listen, you have the choice here of whether this is going to be just a bad moment or a whole bad day. And mm. like, what what do you want to pick here? And sometimes like you just need a moment away and then you can get out of the car and walk into the house and like rejoin, rejoin the group.
1: Yeah. That's a great example (laughs) and a great strategy. I'm a big fan of bathroom conversations too.
0: Right? Yes. Well, okay. So, you know, talking about our families and the people that we share space with, you mentioned like there are, you know, other people that have feelings in your home. And I know that, and I I definitely do this. It's something I've been working on. Especially big feelers tend to pick up other people's feelings and then kind of carry them. Mm-hmm. Um this is like for I feel like for years, it our first like several years of being married, if Carl was in a bad mood, I couldn't like not be in a bad mood. And it just made everything worse. Like mm-hmm. that didn't that didn't help it. Um and and so it's something I've been practicing to be like, okay, this is your mood. What is my mood? Uh like I'm not yeah. going to carry this for you. But that's really really hard. So do you have some like practical ways we can kind of like how much of other people's feelings are we like is good to take on? And how do we put up some boundaries for the things that aren't ours to carry?
1: Yeah. Oh my goodness. This is such a tough thing to figure out. I think if you're a really empathetic person, then you naturally are going to just right away, put yourself in other people's shoes. And of course, the closer you are to that person, the more you're going to be affected by how they're feeling, what they're going through. And for the longest time, I just felt like the, the boundary separating who, who I was and how I felt from the other people in my life, it was like extremely thin, if not non-existent. And I found myself just pummeled by Wow, I can't be happy right now because so and so is hurting, and I need to hurt with her. And well, I can't be at peace right now because I know that this family member is worried about this thing, and I need to worry with them. You know, I just like. And I think a lot of us are that way, where we sort of confuse empathy with like living it with someone. And, but then, you know, it just so quickly spirals out of control and you just, you can't live your own life. You can't move forward. And, and worse, what you start realizing is I'm actually not being the support I wish I was for other people because I'm so overwhelmed with everybody else's stuff. Yeah. So one of the things that I talk about in the book is just You know, I don't think hardening our hearts is the answer. I mean, you know, it's not that you stop caring. It's not that you stop worrying over or or empathizing when your husband is having a bad day or your friend is hurting. It's not that we say, well, I'm just not going to care. I'm just going to shut my heart off to that. But it's more that we learn to wrap that worry, that pain, that shared emotion up in prayer and take it to God because there are things, sometimes there are things that we can do. You know, there are tangible ways we can support a family member or a friend who is hurting and we should do that. As the body of Christ, we are called to do that. But there are so many things that we can't fix for people. And that, I think, is where it gets incredibly overwhelming because you're like, well, what do I do? Like, this is not going away anytime soon. But that's where we wrap it up in prayer and we hand it to God and we say, okay, I can't fix this. It's out of my hands, but I'm trusting that you can and that you're aware. And even if you're not fixing it right away, I trust that you're working even when I can't see it. I think prayer comes in really, it plays a a powerful role in helping us navigate that. When am I sharing? When am I sharing someone's burdens by helping them carry the load, helping their journey be a little lighter? And when am I borrowing their burden? And when am I just taking their pain home to live with me in my house Mm -hmm. instead of giving it over to God?
0: Well, the thing about that is like, it sounds like a kind thing to do to take someone's Burden home with you, but like it, it almost like multiplies. Like it doesn't mm. actually leave their house to come home with you. If it did, that'd be great. That's a really great thing to do for someone. Like, <laughs> let me give nice. you, a l- I'm going to babysit for a while, but like you, you, they still have it. So now both of you have it. And, and if you're in the depths like they are, then it's just a lot harder to help them or anybody else. That just like occurred to me like, well, it doesn't go home with you actually. Mm. I mean, it can, but it stays at their house too. So it's not that helpful.
1: Yeah. It's doubled. The burden has just doubled. (laughs) Yes. Yes.
0: So just, you know, we've been talking about this on and off, but I would just love to hear like kind of a, I just want to circle back to it. What does God want us to do with our feelings? Like, yeah. What, what, what is God Overall, I mean, I know that there's like that's a a huge question, and Hmm. there are tons of tons of like different pieces of scripture and examples of how Jesus handled emotion. But from all of the studying that you've done, kind of big picture wise,
1: what does God want us to do with our feelings? You know, I mean, I think God gave us our emotions; they're a gift, and. He wants us to have more of the feelings that we want more of. You know, what are the fruits of the spirit? They're love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, self control. Like, who doesn't want more of any of those things? Like, yes, please. Thank goodness the fruits of the spirit are not anxiety and (laughs) grief and bitterness. You know what I mean? Love, suffering. God. The more you study the scripture, the more you see that God wants you to thrive emotionally. He wants you to have more joy and gratitude and peace in your life. And he gives us some really fantastic ways of seeking those things. I mean, Philippians 4, I think about where he says, hey, Paul writes, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, excellent, praiseworthy, think about such things and the god of peace will be with you that god again there's that thought feeling connection that the more we set our minds on the things of god the more our emotions are going to be in that place where god wants them to be and and it just it makes me happy it makes me like god even more which sounds <laughs> strange to say no i love that <laughs> to know that he wants us to be joyful
0: yeah I mean, he says rejoice all the time. Like right in that Philippians verse, he says rejoice yes. in the Lord always. I'll say it again, rejoice. Like, I I, I love that. But also yeah. I love that he gives us space to feel like, I feel like he talks about grief and suffering a lot too. And like lament and gives space for for things that
1: we don't often give space for. Yes. Like you can work through those things. Like, I love that he... He welcomes those things. He wants us to walk through them. He even Jesus even models like how to be overwhelmed and how to be in grief and how to how to mourn for people, and yet also have that peace that passes understanding, also have the joy of God, the joy of what lies before us, you know, and the hope of heaven and and all those wonderful things that God says they're still there um for you to look forward to on the other side of your grief.
0: Love that. So last but not least, I would love it if you could share just one last piece of encouragement with each type of feeler. Just like like something that you think they might need to hear today.
1: Absolutely. You know, to the big feelers, I would say step into your gifts as a feeler. I think so many of your gifts tend to go unnoticed because they're internal, they're quiet. You know, nobody can see you sitting there offering all this beautiful empathy. Nobody can see you, all the insights that you have into who people are and what they're good at and what they're feeling, what they what they need. Don't be afraid to use those gifts, to encourage, to comfort, to counsel other people. They're extraordinary gifts from God. And um, it's fun when you start using them for his purposes. To the steady feelers, I would say you have such a gift of being a bridge. And chances are, if you're a steady feeler, you may live with or be close friends with people on other ends of the feeling spectrum. And you, you have such an ability to understand where both sides are coming from and sort of be a translator between and say, hey, reluctant feeler, we need to let our big feeling friend have her cry right now. <laughs> she mm-hmm. needs that from us. <laughs> or, hey, big feeler, it's time to kind of, you know, set that aside and let's go have fun today. Like you <laughs> need to let me pull you up. <laughs> yeah, um, But be that bridge. And then to the reluctant feeler, I would just say, Don't be afraid of your feelings. They are not your enemy. They are not, they're not going to, I mean, yeah, they might try to take control every once in a while. Not so likely in your case, but they're not something to be afraid of. They're God given. They will add so much to your relationships. They will add to your walk with God. Don't be afraid to make time to feel. You don't always have to do and decide. Sometimes it's okay to just be and feel.
0: I love that. Elizabeth, thank you so, so much for being here.
1: Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's been really fun to talk feelings with you.
0: You guys, isn't Elizabeth amazing? Seriously, she's our new best friend, right? Now, don't forget that if you ever want to find any links for anything we talk about in our Girls Night episodes, you can always find those over in our show notes. Just head over to girlsnightpodcast.com and you'll find links for everything, including links for Elizabeth so that you can pick up her book and follow along with all the great stuff she's doing. My friends, that's it for today, but we have so much good stuff ahead this season. And with that in mind, now is the perfect time to make sure you're subscribed. Subscribing to the show is the best way to make sure you never miss an episode. We won't send you an email or anything. Just make sure your phone downloads the latest episode when a new one's released. And I did want to take a quick second to ask you guys a favor. If you enjoyed this episode, or if you've been a Girls' Night fan for a while now, would you take just two quick seconds to leave us a rating and a review on iTunes? Those reviews help out our podcast so much, and it really would mean the world to me. So if you take two quick seconds to do that, I would be so grateful. Friends, thanks so much for joining me for Girls' Night, and I will see you next week.